Hi, and welcome to episode four of my podcast called Steps to the Spirit. I ended last week's episode by describing my life as having become a circle. It was a circle of having a job, giving in to my addiction or my drinking, having that take everything away that I had built up in a job or as far as money goes or whatever, relationships, and then losing everything and going back to trying to find another job and start the cycle all over again. I also mentioned that I experienced my first encounter with the 12-step program when I was 19 years old. By doing the math, it means that I've been involved in some way, shape, or form with the steps or a program for 55 years. I am not now, nor do I speak for, any 12-step program. However, I've been involved in just about every aspect of 12-step programs and 12-step work. Right now, I'd like to talk about the 12 steps, how they came into existence, and how I see there are two versions of 12 steps. I've mentioned before that an important factor in the 12-step creation was a group called the Oxford Group. I've added in the description of this podcast a link to my website and my blog. And if you'll go to stepstothespirit.com slash blog, you'll see a graphic there that I've created that shows the influence of the Oxford Group on the 12 steps. You'll also see a page with my version of the 12 steps that I use and, but we'll get into that more later. For now, I'd like to talk to you about what I see as two ways of using these 12 steps. I see one approach to the 12 steps as a practical approach, and I see the other approach as a spiritual one. Most of my years of experience with the steps was from a practical point of view. I wanted to just not suffer anymore. I wanted to be able to have a job. I wanted to be able to have money. I wanted to be able to have friends and relationships and not be not be controlled by my addiction. I saw people in these programs that seemed to have that. They had friends. They had jobs. They had money. They had all the things that I would like to have. There was an expression way back then that um, you could lead a horse to water, but you couldn't make him drink. But you sure could make him thirsty. During those years, I was thirsty to be able to be just a normal human being. So I learned about the steps. I learned about the things I was expected to do. I learned about getting involved, like making coffee for meetings, attending meetings, finding a sponsor, and doing the steps. When I say doing the steps, they were more like a set of instructions. I never really saw them as something that was God-given. 
or something that would really help me to basically change my life or my way of looking at myself. I certainly wasn't ready to surrender. And that is, as you've heard me mention it before, a big word for me. Now, please, before I go further, do not misunderstand that I am saying this in any kind of a negative way for people that do take a practical approach to the steps. I believe anything that anyone can do that suffers from addiction that can help to keep us away from that addiction for any length of time or improve our life in any way is a good thing, no matter how you do it. My point in this podcast is to eventually let you know that there is, for me, a better way to do these steps and to look at the steps. So at the beginning of my involvement with the steps in a 12-step program, I did what I was told to do. I got involved. I helped set up meetings. I helped make coffee. I helped give out literature. I found my first sponsor. And just as a side, he, his name was Joe, and he was 80 years old. And when he spoke at a meeting, part of his story was that, hey, uh, I always wanted to be God's gift to woman, women, and I wanted to have lots of money. I wanted to be multi-talented, and I wanted to be six feet tall. And then he'd say, unfortunately, I didn't succeed 100% because I'm only five foot ten. Joe was an interesting sponsor for me to have, especially early on in my recovery years. Then there were the steps. I looked at them. I read them. Whenever I was asked, I said, yep, I'm doing the steps. But doing the steps really meant mostly reading them. The only actual doing of the steps turned out to be the fourth step, which is making a fearless inventory of our, our wrongs, the things that we thought that we had problems with. Then after that was um, the fifth step, which involved admitting to God, to ourselves and another human being, the nature of those wrongs which to me was kind of a confessional. During those early years, I actually did more than one fourth step uh, and fifth step. Let me explain or describe one of them to you. I was staying in a rehab facility, and one of the requirements was to do a fourth step. So I looked at my life and wrote, the things that I thought were problematic. What I ended up with was over 60 pages of life history. I was very proud of myself. And I had an opportunity to do my fifth step with one of the directors of that program who happened to be a Catholic priest. I went to his office and sat down across from him and put my weighty 60-something pages of fourth step on his desk and 
I was prepared to begin. Well, he reached across his desk. With his hand, pushed that 60 pages aside and said, Now, what I would like you to do is talk to me about the things that you thought weren't important enough to put in those 60 pages. Wow, he had me. I kept saying to myself as I had written those 60 pages that, oh, well, I, that wasn't really that important. Uh, no one needs to hear about that. When actually, those are the little things that bothered me the most and I needed most to get off of my chest. I wasn't ready to do that then, nor was I ready to do it for quite some time. The reason I wasn't ready to do it was that I didn't feel protected. I felt that if I said those things about myself, I would be pretty much hanging myself out there to dry. And I didn't feel that I had a God to turn to, to say that, look, Chuck, you're okay. These are just things that you did. You can be forgiven and you can move on with your life. So most attempts at doing any searching within were pretty much failures. And I went right from the fourth and fifth step to the twelfth step where, the, where we tried to help other people. Well, I hadn't really helped myself yet, but it's surprising how God uses us. Even though we are not doing what is best for us, he sometimes puts us in the position to help others. I like to think that during those years, a lot of the things that I did to try to help other people were successful, only out of ignorance, and that they eventually took that information and helped themselves with it. Please, don't get me wrong. There are many people in 12-step programs who work this program or their program just the way I'm describing to you now. There is not a lot of depth. There is not a lot of belief or dependence on God. There is not a lot of being able to describe my inner feelings. It turns out to be mostly just kind of going through the motions and following the printing on the page. Again, if this works, if it has worked for you, great. I couldn't be happier for you. But my point is that there may be a better way. In many of those earlier years, I seemed better. But what I was doing was pretty much still covering up the real me that I didn't want people to see. The only difference was that I was covering up with the program. I was covering up with the steps. I was covering up the pretense of being well. I have seen people who become immersed in a 12-step program. They become immersed in reading. They become immersed in going to meetings. They become immersed in doing 12-step work. And they become very much involved in helping others as a way of helping themselves. 
Believe me, I see this as a great, great progress. However, a lot of this turns out to be surface and not really an in-depth change in their personality. It certainly didn't change my personality when I was involved in all of that. Many times I've talked to spouses of an addicted person and they'll say, yeah, he's, they're going to meetings, they're going to these program things, but they're no different. They're still angry. They're still not the person I married. They, they haven't changed at all. So what we'll talk about in this podcast is change. And again, get back to that word, surrender. But not change like putting on a new suit of clothes, but a basic change, a basic look inside of myself, basically saying, this is not what I want, this is what I want. And my spirit is the way to be able to get it. Next week, I'll talk about the other way of doing these steps, the spiritual way. Until then, thank you for listening.